0: That's a sweet sound
1: and a sweet way to start our podcast. Dan, how are you doing? I'm doing all right, Chuck. You know, we have a Sunday without football for the first time. You know, quite a while and it's bittersweet. Yeah.
0: Normally the Pro Bowl
1: falls into this area,
0: but no Pro Bowl because the pandemic. And I'm not going to lie, I never usually watch it anyways. So I like the
1: little all-star drills and stuff. Though. Yeah, if they do, yeah,
0: they should have like a rising stars challenge in the NFL like the NBA does. Mm-hmm. That would make it so like if they had like a skills challenge with like uh, rising with all rookies or sophomores, that would be that'd be like,
1: that'd be fun. Oh, yeah. But the, I just, love watching young people see who exactly you know, and let you like everybody gets to make a guess then on like who they think is going to be the best from then on out, and you, you can talk about it for years to come and who who was actually right coming from yeah. that skills. It's a kind of like combine then.
0: Yeah, uh, yeah, it's kind of cool.
1: Um, I
0: think the only thing that's hard to do with when we talk about skills challenge is how do you fit the offensive and defensive linemen on there, especially the defensive I, players. I don't have an answer. Uh, <laughs> Sorry, they just they just do Oklahoma drills against each other.
1: <laughs> yeah. Hey, and getting either completely embarrassed on national television or just manhandle someone else.
0: That's true. Um, but I actually, you know, the, this is the first Sunday without football, like you said, but uh, I like it. it's kind of like a nice little um, precursor to what we're going to experience for the next What is it? Five months or or oh seven? Yeah,
2: well,
0: February, March, April, May, June, July, August. So six because that's when the preseason starts. Seven until we get
1: like legit actual matters football. Yeah, depends on what you. Yeah, what where you call the season starting to you? And and this is when I start watching golf. So yeah, well,
0: probably I might bring up golf we'll probably talk up golf fantasy at some point uh, later down the road once football mm-hmm. season's officially over um but for now we're gonna start this episode with a recap of the afc nfc championship games which aired on sunday um dan what was your takeaway uh, i guess the nfc game aired first so let's start with the nfc game what were your thoughts on that
1: game Oh man, I was gonna say we're start we're starting with the the crazy one. I, I say the top two,
2: and I have questions for you about them, Chuck.
1: What in the hell was were the Packers doing at the end of the first half? What? Why were they playing any kind of man defense in that situation at all? Outside of you know doubling here where they know they have coverage like uh, leaving him one high against scotty miller who apparently is incredibly fast and he couldn't go up kevin king i think is the corner and just got burnt uh embarrassing and then what the hell is matt Lafleur doing kicking a field goal you tell me chuck well um as far as your question at the end of the
0: first half, I couldn't answer because I've never played football, so I couldn't tell you <laughs> the X's and O's of that coverage, but I will tell you that um, Kevin King was already having a terrible first half when he went into that play. So, and he was had just come back from injury, I believe, into that game. So, um, Man, just hope. not a not a great day for him overall. He got burned a couple times. Mike Evans burned him for the first touchdown too. He mm-hmm. fell down. Uh, yeah. So couldn't tell you that at the end of the game. Uh, yeah, that was some rough. Now it was rough. Um, Cause I would have liked to seen Aaron Rodgers run it on that third and goal. Yep. Cause even if your logic is, well, he's not going to make it. Yeah, but that makes it fourth and t- fourth and goal from like the f- th- from inside the five probably. Yeah, i was uh, saying
1: oh, yeah, which
0: makes it much more attractive to go for it. Mm-hmm. So, you know, he uh, I feel like he regrets that. He seems like on the Pat McAfee show he was not like, you know, he was pretty calm and cool, but he's always like that. So, oh yeah, hard to read his emotions. But mm-hmm. I re- I imagine. He's not happy about that. He, he, he's going to look at himself and be like, yeah, I probably could have played better. But they also had like a drop, several drops in the end zone. And they had uh, just, they they got three turnovers and only got six points off of
1: it. So yeah, that was also not... a massive turning point in the game right there. What, what you just uh, in lighted, uh, uh, highlighted on. the. The three was it was two straight picks or three straight turnovers from Tampa Bay, and they got what eight plays out of it, something total, and that completely swung the momentum of the game entirely, and it it was lights out from there. Yeah, Um,
0: yeah, I didn't like the going for the field goal decision with the way the defense had been. Not you know, you would first force three turnovers in the first half, but you gave up. 28 points in the first half also so it's like I don't know. Do you expect Brady to throw a pick with like two and a half minutes or three minutes left in the game? I wouldn't i they had run the ball fairly effectively. So I don't know why you're it just it just didn't make a lot of sense I'm sure some analytics person is out there, you know, they've already explained why it was the right decision or whatever although to me, I feel like analytics is always saying go for it. Like, they're, ne- they're rarely the ones to say kick the field goal, so I
1: don't Yeah, know. I don't think – I think it's completely wrong in every way because they still needed to the score. They still, like, had to get a stop either way, and they got, like, worse field position out of it because of missing it. I mean, making it and, and kicking off versus going forward and not getting it and giving the ball to Brady, you know, at the six or something. Right. Ridiculous.
0: Yeah, I didn't. I wasn't a fan, but you know, not a head head coach in the NFL, so we'll see. Mm-hmm. We'll see. Uh, and the Packers, I mean, they they'll come back net, better next year. Hopefully, they need to. They, I'll tell you what, they need to draft some skills position. They need to draft some a wide receiver. Yeah, because I think they were able to get away with it for most of the year. And this game proved like, no, you need like a number two to go with Devontae. You need another yeah. guy. Cause yeah. Alan Lazard and Marquez Valdez, Mark and Marquez Valdez played well in this game, he played mm-hmm. really well. Um, but you need someone who's going to play well in every game. And Valdez Scandling, had games where he didn't play well. Lazard had games where he didn't play well,
1: you well, know, he didn't
0: play at all because he couldn't. Right. But, um, yeah, I think I just think they are about one wide receiver and probably a couple—not a couple, but like just a game changer on the on the pass rush and pro, and obviously Kevin King's a weakness. So you might need another corner.
1: Because yeah, I think is, they can figure all that out. I think they are coaching hurting as well between mm-hmm. Mike Pettin and Matt Floor. Mike Pettin is probably a problem. I yeah, like Matt. I don't mind a Fleur, but Pettin. No, I, think, I don't think Matt LaFleur needs like, gone or anything like that. I just think he's young and is figuring it all out. He's a good coach, obviously. He understands how to have a good locker room and build an offense. Just the nuances of playoff football and the, the, the crunch time against the best of the best. Uh, he needs someone better than Mike Patton on his defensive side and uh, one year of experience to, to take the next leap. Which I think he might do, especially if Rogers gives him a couple more years, they can really flourish and get rid of Jordan Love and move on.
0: But in the meantime, the Bucks are going to the Super Bowl. Yep. Uh, we'll talk about them next week.
1: Yeah, we'll we'll do a big
0: preview. Of, uh, next week's episode is going to be all Super Bowl. Yeah, we'll, it'll be fantasy. It'll be probably a little bit of gambling. Yep.
1: Um, we'll, Props. Fun stuff. Yeah, fun uh uh a little rumor about uh first penalty. Mm. I'll let
0: you know. <laughs> That'll be good. Um those are always fun. Uh but overall just a quick summary on the Bucks side of the game thoughts. My thoughts were uh they are exactly it was like a tale of their year Almost where the first half was like This is the best Bucks team Possible yep and then most Of the second half was Like the worst Bucks teams possible And then the last three minutes Was like okay this is the Bucs that ended The year you know what I mean that was yep. That good team again Um I think
1: consistently Ben don't break They, they as a Whole like you said they have been uh as you said, streaky, you know, what kind of one half to the other, but still don't quite ever lose games. They shouldn't for the most part. And yeah. after the end of the first half, they shouldn't have lost that game. They almost did, but they didn't. But like, it also makes me think they lost. like
0: when they lost to the bears, you know, they struggled against yeah, the giants, one, yeah. you know what I mean? Those games where they did not play, but they were still figuring themselves out. I think now, yeah. They've Got a slight, they're much better, they're cohesive. Their run game is now pretty good. I mean, Leonard Fournette is playing extremely well.
1: Yeah, I don't know who that guy is.
0: <laughs> Playoff Lenny, as he's been yikes, yeah, trademarked by, other, by others. But, um, um, yeah, so we'll see. Um, uh, moving on, AFC championship game, much simpler. <laughs> yeah, much simpler. Uh, Chiefs were the better team. I think that's yep. just. They were just they came out and showed like this is the Chiefs team that we are, basically.
2: Mm-hmm. Uh Patrick
1: Mahomes looked healthy. That I'll say. He, I mean he didn't look peak Mahomes, but he looked healthy. I think I think he's good to go. Yeah. Um
0: I think um uh, McCole Hardman was kind of a, he's been he's been kind of their like secret weapon all year and he showed that again this game with that long punt return or not mm. punt return with the uh, reverse after he yes. left the punt. Um, he's just been a solid wide receiver for them all year. Like he's a great third down or not third down, but like uh,
1: he's just like a gadget player. You think he's like, he would almost be like the, the ATH uh, signif- like designation in uh, college. He where he kind just kind of is on the field doing stuff What you need him to do, get him the ball, get him in space make, Let him make plays
0: He's not as
1: explosive as this
0: guy But he kind of reminds me of Percy Harvin Yeah, In that sense Like when the Seahawks were using him that way Or when yeah. Minnesota had him You know, in the early years He kind of reminds me of that Although he's, I think he's got a little bit
1: better hands I will say that for him Yeah, and he's going like, to I, I think inside of Andy Reid's offense He's developing, developing him into a wide receiver you know, yeah. right now he's a player. He's an athlete. He's a, a, a ball carrier, you know. But he's going to be a receiver. Right. Um,
0: and then everyone else for the Chiefs pretty much showed out. Tyreek Hill. Oh, yeah, of course. Sure, Kelsey. I mean, great year for the Bills. They had a, they had a great year. Um, bright future.
1: Yeah, bright, bright future.
0: future. They'll be one of the AFC contenders for a while.
1: Um so hopefully they like, can be the Chiefs at least once in the Yeah. Next, however long. Yeah.
0: Uh, yep. Other than that, I think that's it. Cause uh, uh obviously there was a lot of Bills hype coming into the game, but uh she I think the
1: Chiefs were quickly like, uh, we're the defending Super Bowl champions. We're here. Yeah. Nine nothing Bills, and everybody went, Haha. wait, what let's see what happens next, and boom. Yeah. Twenty twenty four thirteen or whatever it was. They're... Yeah.
0: Um yeah, and like we we'll said, we'll have a big preview of the Super Bowl next week. So we'll go more into Kansas City and what we expect going forward. Oh, yeah, of course. Uh another piece of NFL news, uh, before we move on to basketball. Um the Texans have hired their head coach, David Cully. Um he's been an assistant coach on the Ravens for the past two seasons uh overall he's been coaching in the league since 1994 as a uh assistant positional
1: coach yeah so as as far as my understanding he is basically like uh just a right hand man type of type of coach you know that uh is fills in without harbaugh and uh Kind of leads things as a whole, even though the individual coordinators lead their sides, which I guess is a lead. Is a culture higher, I suppose, you know, that he can he can build a locker room. As Bill O'Brien, what wasn't it didn't look like. I'm going to read this
0: for you and. Coaching is not all about stats, but I find this very interesting. Okay. Along with serving as the team's assistant head coach, Cully was Baltimore's passing game coordinator and wide receivers coach th- this past season. The Ravens finished the 2020 season, ranked last in the NFL in
2: passing. Yeah, I was uh, mm-hmm. So... Um, he-
1: now, now I, the Texans are in trouble, which leading a little bit into it as our other topic. What are they going to do with Deshaun Watson now that they've hired the worst passing attacking coordinator in the NFL? I, that's that's a good look to try to keep him. Don't you think?
2: <laughs>
1: yeah.
0: Um... Boy, they, the GM Nick Casario, and came out today and like I think it was today or yesterday at his press conference. I think it said, is today. Yeah. Very clear. We like the Watson is our quarterback. We are not trading him under any circumstances. Mm-hmm, yeah. Boy, I think he's gonna regret saying that come like August or September, because. Um. <laughs> I think what's going to end up happening is the um, he's going to sit out if they don't trade him in the offseason. Mm-hmm. And it's going to be like a Le'Veon Bell, Antonio Brown, or not Antonio, a Le'Veon Bell situation.
1: Mm-hmm. He's going
0: to sit Melvin out. Gordon. Melvin Gordon. Uh, but Melvin Gordon came back when he got I there. know,
1: but I'm just... Yeah, but someone said he's going to
0: sit out and... He, It's going to be the story every single week, and it's going to be like a distraction, and they're not going to be able to get away from it.
1: I mean, they'll be horrible without him, too. They will not. I mean, they will win maybe one of their first eight games games or something without him. Yeah. Um, And we'll see if they draft
0: a quarterback in this draft, too. That'll be interesting.
1: Well, Um, they need to try to get it done before the the draft, you would assume, if they're going to. Because there are a couple teams I would assume that would be interested that could, you know, return a quarterback that at least has some value and they can decide what they need to do with it. I Uh, saw
0: I saw a thing today that said it was uh, Dan Orlovsky said that Dave Gettleman of the Giants should offer up. Daniel Jones, Saquon Barkley and like three picks. And I was like, I hope you don't mean. All of that in one package for Just Deshaun. Sean you got to take Out some of that because there's no way that's An even trade
2: well it depends On I wouldn't mind giving up those Two and like One First rounder For Sean Watson
0: Personally Yeah one first rounder But three first rounders is too much
1: so so it was three firsts. Oh yeah, I mean that. Come on, that's your and tired, Saquon Barkley
0: and Daniel, Daniel Jones. Jones. Right? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. That oh. that's too much. Come on, Daniel Jones and three first rounders. Okay. Okay. Yeah. I don't like it, but okay. But I don't think he'll do that anyways because Daniel Jones is his
1: guy. He's stuck with him. He
0: you know right. Oh no, yeah,
1: gentlemens, gentlemen. Would you do my hypothetical? Would you do Daniel Jones? Uh, Saquon and one first rounder for Deshaun Watson. I don't like trading Saquon.
2: I don't love it,
0: but because they have no other running game, as we saw. I mean, Wayne Gallman was out adequate this year in the late stages, right? But it was not he. You know, he had a very a pedestrian first half of the year, so. And, that, and Daniel Jones, I think, needs a running game. He's the type of quarterback that needs a running game to, be, to succeed.
1: Oh, I know. But Deshaun Watson just makes everything better. And you can he, he makes other things go away to some degree. You, they, know, you just yeah, move forward. They've got a great defense. That's a, they are, they are
0: That's set up with that. That's kind of what department. I mean, yeah.
1: So we'll see. You can um, get a, Hey, you sec, they have a good second-round pick. You, you'll get a running back. Yeah, I. They're pass catchers. So so you're going to get other than Sterling. Also, other than
0: Sterling Shepard, who are their who are their pass catchers? They got Slayton, Golden Tate,
1: Golden Tate, who I think would probably fall in love with Sean Watson. I don't know. I don't know the contract status of any of these players, though. I will throw out there. Yeah,
0: yeah. I don't know. I just think. The Texans are going to end up regretting this because if they don't trade him by the draft and then they end up having, like, he sits out and they end up, like, having to, like, trade him during the midway of the season, they're going to just regret it. They're going to regret
1: it. So we'll see. Um, Yeah. But it will cost Deshaun Watson lots of money.
0: It will. It will cost him a fair amount of money. Um,
1: So that's there. The only thing they got going for him.
0: uh, Although I did see a great meme today. Of like Deshaun Watson and Nick Casario from Dark Knight Rises, and Deshaun is Bane. He's like, I and the other, you know, the other guy. He's like, I've paid you a small fortune. He's like, oh, Do you think this gives you power over me? Yeah. <laughs> so, you know, the players. I mean, player players have never players are only gaining more control yep,
1: in their destinies in the league. Um, and he's so, young enough to know. Someone else is going to pay the man. He he knows he's getting paid,
0: and his contract's not that bad. His contract's like a twenty nine and a half million.
1: Oh no! Didn't he just get like paid? Paid? Like no, but that's the life? thing.
0: His extent that is his, his extension is twenty nine and a half million
1: per year, which you know is
0: still a lot. But that's less than like Russ. That's less than some of these he other. Thought like,
1: he just got a monster like he did, at the year beginning one
0: sixty. He he got at the beginning of the year. He
2: did. And that's how much it was for. Huh.
1: Well.
2: Yeah. Because I Still. think.
1: Um, uh, let me double check that, but I believe because I, yeah. I thought he got like a four year one sixty, and then you know he had a certain amount of signing bonus, and then it always gets like taken off. What? So it's always it's like a progression. He gets twenty nine, and then thirty two, and thirty nine. You know, however that goes.
0: It doesn't kick in the like his base salary this coming season is 10 and a half million. And then it kicks in 2022, base salary 35. Then it goes back down to 20.
1: Okay. So it's just, oh, they, the, the numbers are all weird. The NFL uh, economic system is fascinating to me how they somehow. Because it's all about the cap. They're, they're going to cut a bunch of people the year he costs 35 and to get to keep everybody the year he's 20, and that's supposed to be the like, Super Bowl season. It's right. nuts. But, uh, yeah, and he's got a potential
0: out in 2024. But, uh, yeah, so he's, his contract is fairly, I guess, fairly team-friendly is the, is the word. Again, not cap experts here but that's that's the, no. the the analysis that i take from the experts i trust so we'll we'll see i just yep. think it's kind of dumb to keep a quarterback that you know doesn't want to be there
2: it's you, you have to
1: get some kind of value out of him for how but, good he is and and you're i feel like you have to evaluate the quarterbacks
0: in this draft class and determine are any of them Outside Trevor Lawrence, suitable to replace Deshaun Watson? Do you have any confidence? If you don't, then go ahead and and wait. Mm-hmm. And then it's like because you know you can do next year's draft, and especially in a year where you know there, there's no NFL Combine in the traditional sense, so you know player evaluation is going to be very different. You know i I get that, but at the same time, like. We've seen this story play out before, and it just rarely works out for the team that's trying to hold on, you know?
2: This is, I mean, this is true. So, yeah, we'll see. Um, but that,
0: if, and let's say they don't trade Deshaun or they don't trade Deshaun Watson, there are lots of other quarterbacks in this league because there's going to be a lot of quarterback movement this offseason.
1: Oh, yeah, a ton. I mean, obviously, Stafford's going somewhere. We're going to find out. I mean, looking like San Francisco seems to be the favorite. And that is scary. The NFC West is terrifying mm-hmm. as a whole, especially if you have Matthew Stafford uh, as a replacement. Jimmy Garoppolo on that team. Which is just straight up improvement.
0: 100%. It's just like one for one. Like, there's like an upgrade automatically. I think... Yeah, I did see a thing and I don't know if this is real, so, you know, take this for what it is. I th- I guess someone said that the offer the 49ers gave the Lions were two second rounders and two third rounders. One each in this year's draft and next year's draft for Stafford. Seems a little low
1: to me. Ye- that seems cool, I mean quite low. I don't know what is the end of Stafford's contract like what he's owed. I think he's got like one gear left, um, which is why they're fairly willing to part ways. Detroit is. Um, but either way, he's got to demand at least a first or player compensation. You know, like a, a, someone, a starter, one as a, of a valuable position that is uh, noteworthy. The Pro Bowls, at least one or two.
2: Stafford's, I mean, Stafford's great. So I guess. Staff, it says
0: potential out for Stafford's contract, but I don't know if that's true. If they're talking about trading him either way, he's got. Um, yeah, this, this thing has to be wrong that I'm looking at. I don't know. But either way, his contract, <laughs> my understanding is that, well, most of the guaranteed money has been paid all, already. So you're, it's
1: very fairly low risk in that sense, right? Yeah, they they understand they have many decisions to make, and letting go of him is one they were already considering, just because they know they would have to pay him a boatload, and he's his is not going to leave him to the promised land with what they have. So his cap hit this year is
0: thirty three million. Yeah, then it's twenty six. Then it's three. Now, three so, million
2: seems really
1: low, but it, that's what I'm seeing, which is crazy to me. But that could be true just because of the way the deal was structured and they would have expected either an extension or him to be gone by the time the the last year came around like Stabbard kind of betting on himself himself type of thing.
2: But. That's a massive drop off. <laughs> Yeah. Yeah, that's crazy. But, anyways,
0: um, obviously, I'm a Colts fan. I want him to come to Indy. I feel like he makes us a Super Bowl contender
1: instantly. Um, yeah, I think I, I would know if I'd make you the number two. No, we're probably the, AFC. The, we're probably the number four in the AFC if, if Stafford comes. Do you think behind the Ravens still? Because obviously the Bills and the Chiefs, Chiefs and Bills are
0: your top two. Yeah, and I still think the Ravens. That defense is really good. And Lamar, he had a he didn't have a great year, but it's only his second year as a starter. So I gotta wait till next year and really see if he's you know he's not done by any means. He's very young. He can still and if they, you know obviously they're gonna need a new passing game coordinator. So maybe that new passing game coordinator could help Lamar. <laughs> yeah, to, you know. <laughs> Throw those intermediate routes and all that, and you know, play a little better in that department.
1: Yeah, and old Matt Stafford can play against the new head coach of the Texans and not have to worry about it, get two free wins (laughs) because they can't do anything. Yeah, um, there's and
0: there's just so many quarterbacks though that could be on the move, and this whole Deshaun Watson, I think that that's another thing that's interesting is that. I feel like a lot of the quarterback movement that people are waiting on is kind of centered around, are they going to trade for Deshaun Watson? Mm -hmm. He's like the big player. So, you know, we could see Stafford get moved early and then every other team then starts to go like, well, now we need to just start moving on. And so this Deshaun, the Deshaun Watson situation, just goes south real quick for the Texans. Like right now they could trade with almost anybody in the league. And then boom, 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 suddenly they're
1: like left with like two partners. Oh yeah. The problem is Watson has that first regular refusal, so it's like if he doesn't want to go there, he doesn't have to. But in general, this is like uh it's like the same off season, but it's normally contracts like this. The biggest off season like quarterback, there's five or six quarterbacks that are you know, big names and are, you know, ready to be paid. Who gets paid first? Who sets the market? How do we know what everybody's supposed to be? It just waits for that one dime to fall, and then, boom, everybody falls in line and gets exactly what they're supposed to get. But it might be a little different with trading. You know, it's a little more difficult with cap and, more uh, well, like,
0: fit. Here are some of the notable quarterbacks that are just going to be straight up free agents this year. Dak Prescott assumes, assuming he is in franchise tagged, right? I'm assuming he's going back to Dallas in some capacity. Mitchell Trubisky, Ryan <laughs> Fitz, Ryan Fitzpatrick, Tyrod Taylor, um, eh, as far as Cam Taylor. Newton, Ugh. Joe Flacco, no, Jameis Winston.
1: Hmm,
0: that's interesting, right there. That one. See where he goes. Yeah, those are the most of the notable. I mean, other ones that of mention, I guess, Jacoby Brissett. Um,
1: you got a very solid group of backups in this this year's uh, free agent pool that can fill in on some good teams. Feels like, yeah. Although Jacoby's Brissett should probably just
0: resign. Jared Goff. Could get traded.
1: Yeah. Sean right. Watson, Stafford. I mean. And what do we do with Ben? I mean, he needs to take a lot less money, in my opinion. And well, reportedly, to... he's very willing to do that. So we'll see. Yeah, that's what it seems like. I mean, I would, I would kind of think so. Just to, if, if he really wants to run it back, then I would think so. Just because yeah. uh, there needs some money to spend elsewhere around him. if he wants to have a shot at winning. Yeah. Uh, Yeah. I feel like,
0: yeah. Yeah. I mean, mostly though, I feel like with you guys, you just need an off uh, I guess, improving the offensive line. Yes. Specifically with the ability to run the ball.
1: Yep. And a running back. But again, I think we can address that in a draft.
0: Yeah. And then probably secondary, just because your secondary is getting a little, Joe Hayden's older. Yeah, elderly
1: and banged up. And the, you have, we have players in every aspect. Just, we have
0: holes to fill for sure. And then you were also playing with backup linebackers this year because Bud Dupree, Devin Bush. And what I also was thinking about the other day was like, just imagine if your linebacking core was Devin Bush. Um, Shazier. And Shazier. If Shazier yeah.
1: did not have that injury. How crazy that would be Devin Bush, Shazier, Bud Dupree I mean with Hayward And Tewitt and TJ Watt And Fitzpatrick We'd be Now we probably wouldn't be able to afford all of them For any more than like one year at one point Because then it'll get paid But oh boy Yeah But yeah Um,
0: I think that's it for NFL Talk Yes We'll do a lot more next week obviously or the Super Bowl. <laughs> I mean, I, I love the Super Bowl. Yeah, I took about it. I took that week off after the Super Bowl. So I can watch it like a normal
1: person and also just have time off. So and, that'll be yeah, nice. I just relax and get, get the old household back in order sometimes. And so a week off will do that. Yeah, it's looking quite, I mean, it's been, I'm a messy person as it is, but it's mm-hmm. especially
0: messy since pandemic started. Oh, yeah. It's just like, how do you, how do you do it? Yeah. So, anyways, we're going to move into the basketball talk. We're talking, we're going to start with our old alma mater, W Basketball. Finally played a game
2: uh, two weeks after COVID outbreak. And
1: our West Virginia basketball team is great. And did you get to watch the uh, Tex Tech game? Texas, I didn't get to watch either Texas Tech or Kansas State. Oh, Kansas State game. say is, I mean, really bad. They're really bad. Uh, we beat them by twenty something, but man, they're bad. Texas Tech. Deuce McBride took over at the end, and he he's con he's controlling the team now. He and Culver are the stars, and it's known and it's exciting to watch when you're making shots. Um, I have a. Funny statistic I found just now looking today. The only game that we have won where Miles McBride nor Derek Culver was the leading scorer was the North Texas horrible game. Kansas, McNeil, uh, Oklahoma, Bridges, Texas, Sherman. All leading scorers. For some reason, if anybody besides miles McBride or Derek Culver is the leading scorer for Western basketball team, we tend to lose.
0: That makes sense because they are our best players. And generally when your best players are not the leading scorers are not having good games, it's not good. Uh, I want to see if I can find this stat because it blew my mind, um, in terms of miles McBride average, but I'm, I'm just going to say this while I'm looking for it. Um, we have a really good team this year. I think we're still about I think we can grow st- still some more cuz all the, both we're on, we're playing a lot of close games. So I'd like to see us start pulling mm-hmm. away a little bit more in yes. the end. But um we have good ability to finish. We just need to work on improving in that like start of the second half, you know, end of the yeah. first half like, you know, getting starting to separate
1: a little bit. You know what I mean? Yeah, we don't pl- play a complete game yet at all, still for sure. But we do tend to be a second-half team. That being said, like you said, the middle um, – in the football, they call it the middle eight. Yeah, it's a little different in basketball, but just that middle chunk, like you said, at the end of the first, start of the second, that we kind of lull a little bit and to get that cleaned up. Yeah, Um,
0: And then I think also We don't live and die by this guy But um, When Sean McNeil's hitting We're good When Sean McNeil's hot We are good
1: Yes He adds that He's that next Extra Score That can do And he has When he's hitting Like unlimited range when he's not hitting, he can't make any free throws. He can make free throws, and sure, still that's it. So, because uh, Sherman is so consistent. He's getting you what he's kind of getting you. He's not money perfect, but he's pretty consistent. going to make jump shots. When he's wide open, he's going to make it, you know, but it gets a little crazy sometimes. McNeil's a little more steady player, but misses more often. And when you're correct. When he's hitting, it adds. And then when Cabe's hitting shots at the same time, watch out then we're hit fire. Jalen Bridges I we have to add him in here too I yeah said, great and uh you think he should start over McCabe Bridges oh his, his bridge is Bridges forward yeah he's been starting okay. yeah um or you mean sh- Sherman yeah or,
0: sh- or uh, I don't know if McCabe should be McCabe was uh, start of the past
1: well, he started the past two games, right? Yeah, just the past two games. I think they've had g- – coming off COVID, I think they've been a little uh, wonky. I'm not sure he's going to start again. But I actually kind of like him with the starting lineup paired up with McBride because he takes the ball-handling duties off from a little bit and uh, kind of work and kind of get open and stuff. And then McBride, because Miles is – Deuce is ready to play however many minutes he need him to, can handle the point guard duties. And with like the second group when Taz comes on – yeah, you know, and and w- with the other players, i I how I actually wanted them to kind of do it all season, but at least since shape, we left, because with both of the big guys, it was kind of a lot different.
0: Yeah, that's true. Um, yeah, I couldn't find the stat, but it was like something like Miles McBride is averaging like 19 points a game, like four assists or something. And he's shooting better than like forty-seven percent.
2: Uh that
1: that and it's is like, since a certain game. That is I saw I know the statistic you're talking about. That's not all season, but that is since uh, oh, oh, I can't remember. It, since something and and he's been great because that's when he's uh electrified from three. He's shooting like fifty three percent from three or something. Yeah, well, it was like the last player to average that
0: was
2: Chris Paul,
1: which Damn, was I like, like
2: that. I was like, oh, oh my. Um, so yeah, if
0: it's during that stretch, a stretch that, that's you know that's one thing. Because Chris Paul, you know that point guard right there, still playing. He's, but yeah, he's back. pretty great. He <laughs> some say some would say <laughs> he, he's got ice water
1: in the veins, man. I
0: don't think he even sweats. Yeah, but he is playing. Miles McBride still averaging for the year, better than 45% from the field and better than 47 from three.
2: Mm
0: -hmm. He's averaging four assists per game and averaging 15.9 points per game.
1: Yep. He's been consistent and clutch down the stretch. And he's a sophomore, right? I think he's a sophomore. Yeah. Yeah. That's exciting. Yeah.
0: So, uh, and who, who do we play this week? We'll play we Florida
1: tomorrow. Oh, that's right. And then That'll we get Iowa. Then we get Iowa State, and then I think if I can remember this is what we have. It's Kansas at home at Texas
2: Tech. Oklahoma at home
1: at Baylor. Home at Baylor, right? Mean, home against Baylor at Texas. That's a fun six-game stretch, isn't it? Yep. We play, yeah, after Florida
0: and Iowa State, we play six straight games against ranked opponents.
1: Yeah.
0: It's not Oklahoma State, it's Oklahoma.
1: Oh, did I say Oklahoma State? Damn, I yeah, in well, Oklahoma, though. We're
0: only going to play one game against Oklahoma State this year. They did
1: not reschedule the second game. That one and TCU, I think, right? Because I didn't yeah. see a second TCU game, yeah. Which, we only have of course, won. they gave us the, the two-game stretch, Baylor. But they didn't give us a, a win against Oklahoma State and TCU. Not assuming, assuming wins, I guess. But Well, TCU we rather won. than Baylor. We were already scheduled to play TCU
0: the second to last game of the year. Mm-hmm. So that's still on.
1: Yeah, but the first one got postponed.
0: Right. So we postpone games against Baylor, TCU, and Oklahoma State. We're making up a game against Baylor, but not TCU and Oklahoma
1: State, which I guess is like good for strength of schedule. But well, yeah, that's what I'm saying. But we don't get what I would be assumed to be wins, and the TCU at least assumed to be a win, and then hopefully we can corral Katie Cunningham again. Yeah, we'll see. That guy is good at basketball. Yeah. Um. Do you think anybody can be Baylor besides Gonzaga? No. Uh,
0: I'm going to just let you. You wanted to talk about, you said before the broadcast, you wanted to get my take on the landscape of college basketball. Yeah. It's Gonzaga and Baylor. Yeah. And Michigan's hanging right there. Like they're trying to claw their way in. And then there's everyone else.
1: There's just Baylor is so freaking good. I think, I, think Baylor, Baylor, I think Baylor is better than Zach We're going to find out a little bit later But I think they're the best team in the country yeah. They are unbelievable You were talking about how bad Kansas State was And
0: we beat them by like 20 Baylor scored 107 on them One hundred seven fifty nine. I saw it I mean, and, then, and I looked up their first game against Kansas
2: State They also put up 100 points Against them in December So It's, it's not fair I would say slightly more talented players like Jalen Suggs
0: and all that. Yeah, and Kispert or whatever. Yeah, but Baylor, to me, it's just like, you know, it's hard You definitely can't just write them in. But, like, it's hard just not to pick those guys.
1: Mitchell and Dudley are as good as, not Dudley, uh, Barden as good as anybody else in, in the league. Yeah. I mean, by the way, Chuck, my phone is at like ten percent. I just saw, so <laughs> FYI. <laughs> yeah,
0: um, but anyways, um, yeah, I just think you know it's going to be an interesting tournament, bubbling in Indianapolis, anyways. Uh, as of right now, um, but I, it's to me, it's like it's Gonzaga, Baylor, and then you're going to pick whoever else you want to come out of every other bracket
1: because. They're just so good. Yeah, they're definitely making the championship. I, I'd be astounded at this point. And I, we have much many more meaningful basketball games to see from lots of teams, though, and they don't take form until later sometimes. so this could change. Yeah. at this point in the season, nobody's, nobody's beating those two. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. Uh, and it was kind of
0: disappointing the other day. I was watching Around the Horn and Tony Kornheiser. Or not Around the Horn. Around, uh, pardon my interruption. Tony Kornheiser yeah. and Michael Wilbon. And Tony Kornheiser said, was like, Gonzaga and Baylor just don't excite me. So, I, don't, you know, I don't, I'm not really invested in this season. And I'm just like, what? Come on, man. They're That's
1: just... dumb. Yeah. I, I love I college know. basketball, man. I'm not there for just the... uh the championship I love all of the games being able to like especially it's all like homework for the tournament So where you can like Actually know the matchups you're looking at and go, you know, what? I know how illinois versus, you know, florida state might go Which is a we might that might be an elite eight matchup this year. Those teams are both very good Illinois no, so could definitely be... end up as like a one seed. I mean if
0: they win the big 10 and yep. they make it in the turn. They make it far in the big 10 tournament. They'll be a one seed
1: Yep, and Florida State could definitely win the ACC. I'd, yeah, I don't. I think they. I think they could. So yeah, I'd, but if Michigan, Michigan could upset or
0: could beat out Illinois for that one, and season Iowa. Line.
1: I mean, they're, they're, the Big Ten's fan, unbelievable. The Big Twelve's unbelievable, and the other ones have a couple teams. Yeah, <laughs> um, the WCC is better than most other conferences just because they have Gonzaga. It might be better than the Pac-12. The
0: yeah, Pac-12 it is. is
1: pretty weak this year. Pretty weak. Oh, I do not even hit the best. I can't honestly name the best team in the Pac-12. Um,
2: I think it's, uh, I think it's I Arizona, mean, but I don't know.
1: Um, yikes! Right? I... Yeah, I. Have, it's yeah, I don't know. Um, I don't know, but, but anyway. I think it's a good season. There's lots of good teams. Oh, so. UCLA,
0: UCLA, they're the ones that are. Yeah. Okay. USC. Yeah, yeah,
1: yeah. Colorado goes to the top 3. Yeah, none of them are ever they're none of UCLA is a basketball they're a quality basketball team but they're not doing anything in the tournament. None of them are doing anything on a real scale this year. No way.
0: Well, from college basketball to pro basketball,
2: um, All-Star voting is officially underway. So, what I wanted
0: to do is I wanted to gauge your picks, who you're picking as your and uh, NBA All-Star starters so far. Okay. Uh, do you have an idea of already, or are you? Do you want me to go through mine and pick?
2: How do you want to do this? Um.
1: Well, you go first, and I, okay. I can go. I I, I can do. Enough here, and you let me know how how off I am. But I'm going to give you. It might not be the perfect All Star pick, but some good surprises and stuff. All right. Well,
0: let's start in the West because the West is decidedly easier to me. Yeah. Um, Cause LeBron put him in. Just put him in. He's amazing. Yep. Averaging twenty five points a game, seven seven and a half assists, seven point eight rebounds. Like. Dude is balling out. Put him in. And he's LeBron. As long as there's a fan vote participant participation yeah. part of the all-star, he's going to be in. So put him in. Um, Nikola Okic, again, put him in. He's damn near averaging a triple-double. He's averaging 25.2 points, 11.8 rebounds, and 8.9 assists. Uh... And I think the other forward you put in,
1: I, I mean, I go LeBron mate. I know it's chalk, but AD's still been
0: fantastic. Davis has been playing well, but I think the forward I would put in over him is probably either choir Paul George. Um, give you some numbers: AD is averaging yeah. nine, three and a half assists, eight point eight rebounds. Kawhi's averaging 25, 5.7, and 5.4. And Paul George is averaging 23.9, 5.4, 6.2. They're like basically putting up similar numbers. Kawhi's like that. Um, That's... uh... And this is just how the NBA works. Best players on the best teams intend to get in. And I just think one of them will end up getting in as a starter over him.
1: Yeah, one L.A. team, one other L.A. team. Makes sense. So I would probably go with Kwai. He's just generally the person. Um, Here, let's and- do it this way. I should let me, let me guess, and then you tell me who you think. That's a better way. Let's, let's do it that way. Who I, Because uh, you've got, like you said, you've got the statistics in front of you. I'm recording on my phone, so I don't have my... Uh, Plethora of resources. One of your guards has to be uh, Steph. Steph's, he's carrying the Warriors. I don't want to say carrying, but he's the heart and soul, and he's been fantastic.
0: He is, at, he is averaging the second most among guards in the West, 27.7 points per game, six assists, 5.4 rebounds.
2: Man, he's at how many,
1: how many rebounds?
0: 5.4. Oh,
1: man, that's... That'd be bad for Steph. It's pretty good. He's probably in. And then uh, I wasn't sure about this. No, he's been super efficient, but I can't. I unfortunately don't remember the record off the top of my head. But CJ McCollum's been awesome. I know that he has been. His teammate, though,
0: I uh, see. I was wondering if you were going to do that. Yeah. But I honestly would put in Luca. Okay, yeah, I'm okay with that. I'm a big Luca fan, but I imagine the way this will go, because there's a fan-voting component, Damian Lillard will end up being a starter. Okay,
1: yep, see.
0: But just to compare some numbers, I I have CJ Donovan Mitchell, who we haven't talked about. Oh, yeah, because Utah's awesome. They're, you know, leading the league. Right. Uh, I'd say... So let's compare some numbers. Points for game. Uh, Steph or Dame is leading them all 28.8, followed by Steph at 27.7, followed by Luca 27.4, CJ 26.7, Donovan at 23.4. It's quite a drop off. Oh, yeah, drop off for Assists. Luca's leading the pack with 9.7 assists.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: Uh, Dame is leading, is second with 7.1. Then Steph with six. McCullum with five. Donovan with just under five, 4.9. Rebounds. Luca leading again, 9.4 rebounds per game. He's almost a triple double status. He's, I mean, wow. Yeah, he's just, he's averaging just under a triple double. Um, Steph is next with five point four, then Dame, then Donovan, then CJ. Okay. So to me, the clear three are Luca, Steph, and Dame Lillard. Yep, um, that that's fair. And yep. I feel like Steph and Dame are going to end up in, but my vote is for Luca. I would have Steph Curry, Luca, LeBron, Kwai and Nikola Jokic as my starting five in the West.
1: Yep, I uh. Agree, I did. It's it's funny. We talked about it pre-recording, but I just kind of do a thing when I do these, no matter what. I put a shooting guard in my in my, my second guard spot and I, you know, I put a power forward in my, my second forward spot, just kind of naturally building a team and without, you know, sometimes thinking about it. I'm like, hey, you know, C.G. McCollum's been unbelievable. I love him as the shooting guard. But yeah, no, Luca.
2: Be, let's go.
0: To be fair, Team Lillard and Steph could both function as shooting guards if they played. When they play together, you know, it's Yeah, all of them are gonna handle can handle the ball, and LeBron
1: can handle the ball. You know Mm -hmm. what I mean? Oh yeah, I mean so hell, Paul George, Kawhi can handle the ball. Hell, Jokic can handle the ball? A little, yeah, (laughs) a little bit, of enough. (laughs) But in a way, you do have like if
0: so, both Dame and Steph are point guards, but they can kind of trade off because they're both great shooters. They can function in that uh, way. Um, LeBron as your four. Why is your three and no, nickel at the five. That's still a, a very good starting five.
1: Okay. Yep. Okay. Let me, let me guess your East here. Okay. Let's see. Uh, I'm going to start with Durant. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. But so do you have, do you have Durant stats? I don't know if you wanted to. He's
0: averaging 30 and a half points per game. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> seven and a half rebounds and five and a half assists. Okay. Yeah, he's he's awesome. My front court is very fairly easy to guess. I think.
1: Okay. Um, I'm gonna go Joel Embiid next.
0: Twenty-seven point seven points per game, two point eight assists, but eleven point
2: one rebounds per game.
1: Ele- he's averaging eleven. A- wow. Okay. That's yeah. He's he's a board machine. I'm black. Uh, I'm. I'm going to move past the other forward spot right now because now now you made me nervous about that. It's fairly easy to guess. And uh, this might almost be personal for me because I normally don't love the man, but it feels like he's been balling out pretty well. Uh, Russell Westbrook. Not not even close.
0: (laughs) He's only averaging 18 points per game. He's averaging nearly a triple-double. It just feels like he's typical been... Russell Westbrook, but yeah. he's like, like a solid nine points behind the top three points per game. He's, he's, he's getting a lot of assists when he plays. Plus he's only playing every other game because of it, because of injury.
1: Right. I know. Uh, I just, you know, I, that, I did not really take into account very well. <laughs> the team is just terrible. They're so bad. I know. But uh, how about Copeland, Bradley a big, Beal? Yeah. <laughs> What? So how about his teammate, Bradley Beal?
0: Yeah, he's in. Come on. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Leading the league in scoring by... So- Durant was averaging 30.5 points per game. Beal is averaging 35.4 points per game. <laughs> along with five rebounds and five assists. About. He's so, nuts. Free Bradley Beal, guys. Guy, t- dude's too good to be on the Wizards. Mm-hmm. Too good to be on the Wizards and they've been bad for a long time. And I, I saw someone say on on uh, I can't remember if I, that might it might have been uh, pardon the interruption again either Will Bond or Kornheiser, It's like mm-hmm. he signed along a max deal and he had a chance to be a free agent. He signed a max deal. But a couple years ago, but I mean,
1: come on, he he got money when he, they were not
0: horrible at the time. Yeah, do you think they would like completely tank? Yeah, John Wall was healthy probably when he signed it. Like
1: Yeah, they had um, they had other players at the time too, you know. They had just Otto Porter, I believe, and they had other people they could play.
0: A little baseball news just popped up on my phone. Oh boy. We'll, we'll preview the baseball season at some point. Um, Cardinals Yeah, we'll ac- get there. Cardinals acquire Nolan Arenado from the Rockies.
1: Cardinals?
0: Yep. Got. Oh boy. Arenado. Like uh, at three,
1: at third base now. Was it like a new deal? I don't know the contract situation or like a trade or it's a sh- trade. Okay, I was going to say I wouldn't. I Rockies it was are sending and...
0: Arenado to the Cardinals. I wonder, does it say for
1: what? I mean, because that's got to be Rockies for something. Getting, I mean, all...
0: Rockies are getting multiple
1: players and sending fifty million dollars to St. Louis. I'll, yep, I just got the it, yep just popped up for me too. Okay, yep. Uh, we'll look into that. We will. Just, we'll, we'll discuss we'll that at some point. At some point, yeah. But
0: pitchers and catchers report in like two weeks or something. We'll probably end up doing a preview episode in February. Some yeah, get through the Super Bowl. Gotta get through the Super Bowl before we get to baseball. But anyways, you want to guess the other guard I got? Um, see.
1: I, I this is wrong. This is just my last guess. I don't even know why I think it is, but I, I want to say Ben Simmons, but I know it's wrong. No, it's not Ben Simmons.
2: Yeah. <laughs> ben, I know he can't shoot, but he's Ben great. Simmons might be listed as a forward, actually. Let me look. No, I have no, let me look at
0: Ben Simmons, but no, he's not in my.
1: That's fine. No. Hit me with it. Put me on my misery, Chuck. Uh, ben Simmons, by the way,
0: averaging 13 points per game, eight assists, eight rebounds. Another. So he's playing
1: very well. He's been, Uh, he's he's been cementing it
0: up, which is, yeah. No, my, no, my other uh, guy I was going to put in is Kyrie Irving. As much as I may not like the man, dude is averaging 27 points per game, nearly six assists and nearly five rebounds. Even with all the missed games. Even with all the missed games. He's playing extremely well. Nets playing no defense, but they are putting up some
1: buckets. Do you think... I still think they lose to one of those top three teams, either uh, Milwaukee, Philadelphia, or, or Boston. That's very possible. I think the last one has to be Jason Tatum from the Boston Celtics.
0: Hmm. Final final answer, yes. Final answer, uh, incorrect. Damn it!
2: Is it Giannis then? But it It's Giannis.
1: Damn it! See, because okay. I okay. Mean, He's
2: uh... Um, let me see if I can pull up the stats again. Uh, I'll just pull up his stats. Um, but he was averaging.
0: Uh second most points per game In terms of
1: Forwards mm-hmm. That's the honest I mean, that Yeah is, yeah, yeah. He Tate I mean, T- 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 is having a great year Tatum is
0: having a great year I just think he'll end up on the Bench there's a lot it's of very players possible. Have Great years that are going to end up on the Like Clint Capella oh Straight gosh. up falling yes. Out
1: this year He's probably going to on the bench Um Rebound monster in our fantasy matchup. He had that one game where he had like 28 rebounds against me. Yeah. Uh,
0: Jason Tatum, Jalen Brown. Yes.
1: Well, Celtics on the bench, it feels like.
0: Yeah. Ben Simmons, uh, DeMontis Sabonis. Mm hmm. Balling out. He has the most uh, triple doubles in Pacers history now, I believe. Uh, Do you want to try and venture a guess who he passed?
1: My. it, Paul George sounds obvious, and so it makes me want to think somebody else.
2: I'm gonna go him though. Uh, I'm just googling to confirm this, but um, mm, wait,
1: I mean, other and or Roy Hibbert? There's no way because of blocks. Uh no, not not yeah, no, not him.
2: Um, I'm sorry, I believe it was. Doubles, doubles. Oh,
1: hold on. Let me see. Okay, triple doubles feels like Paul George would be the only one really having triple double. Trip, uh, triple doubles for the Pacers. I mean Reggie Miller maybe like one. But
0: okay, this stat is not what I thought it was. <laughs> okay. I think that's what it is because he does not lead the team in triple doubles. That's Mark Jackson. Um,
1: oh, okay. Yeah, wow! That many he had that many rebounds. Okay,
2: maybe it's in a season. I don't know, I'd be okay.
0: Um, so this must be what the Mark Jackson thing must be. Mark Jackson is the is the player with the most triple doubles that played for the Pacers but not oh. necessarily as a pacer. Okay. Uh, Delmontis Sabonis, the player he tied for most triple doubles as a pacer, Detlef shrimp. <laughs> oh
1: my gosh, no but way.
0: The player that most of us probably know as Sir uh, made a, several guest appearances on Parks and Rec.
2: Mm-hmm. Detlef shrimp. <laughs> Along with Roy Hibbert.
1: Yes. Oh, I. And Roy Hibbert also had. Uh... No. I don't know. I, don't even... nope. I was wrong. Don't even want to, don't even want to say that.
2: <laughs> yeah.
0: But yes. So, DeMontis a Sabonis with six triple doubles, most triple doubles as a pacer.
1: Well, Paul George never had six triple doubles. Well Nope. nope. Okay. Well, I something new every day. Yep,
0: But uh, I think that's all We really have time for Obviously next week we're going to do Go all out for the Super Bowl
1: Yep I'm sure we'll touch on basketball still a little bit Of what happens but Super Bowl is the Headline for sure Yeah Uh,
0: we'll talk about What we're going to do for that next week Uh, In the meantime good luck with all your fantasy We didn't talk a lot about fantasy this week But I think it's kind of in a slow season where You know you're making your daily basketball picks and just kind of doing whatever.
1: Yep, yep. I, we unfortunately cannot keep up with enough daily basketball props and stuff going on. We will have, I will have props. I know you all as well, Chuck. Next week in bets for uh,
0: Super Bowl. Oh yeah, some of my favorites like just a preview. Some of my favorites include what color Gatorade gets dumped on the head coach. Yep. Uh, All. You know, just various amounts of things.
1: Yep, I like to bet on quarterback handshake, running back handshake. Quarterback's not the good one to bet on, but you know, wide receiver hug. Oh, that's a that's a, that's a juicy one.
0: Yeah, what's what's funny is uh, I since my state since CBS is airing the game this year, mm-hmm. and I get the logs in my email, I believe I'll know the order of the commercials. That would be really good to know, Chuck. (laughs) Don't know if I can put that stuff on the air anywhere. (laughs) Don't think that's allowed. But uh, yeah, yeah.
1: no, I I I, you you might want to keep that little hush hush. (laughs) Uh, uh, If I won't find,
0: if the NFL finds this podcast and like sends me a letter saying like cease and desist,
1: I'll be impressed. That's a win. That's a win for us, Chuck. If if Uh, you get a cease and desist from the NFL. We're giving away the commercial order. We have won. <laughs>
0: yeah, <laughs> <laughs> it's
1: a pirate victory. Yes. All righty, y'all. Yes. Have yeah. a good Have a good week, and we will see you next time. Indeed.